Star Wars 7x7 episode 2304. Today we're going to talk about the passage of time, the way tracking fobs work, and why the Mandalorian seems to not really care about the safety of his charge on today's episode. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So we are continuing our series of deeper dives into the episodes of The Mandalorian from season one, things that we didn't discuss the first time around because we didn't have the benefit of looking at the entirety of the series. And as we get closer to the final episode, then, you know, that sort of advantage, if you will, starts to get smaller and smaller because even the first time when we looked at episode eight, we had the advantage of all eight episodes. But there are still some interesting facts to glean on the repeated viewing, and that's what we're going to be talking about today with Sanctuary, which is episode four from season one of the series. Now, something I've talked about on the show in the past, and this is just, you know, my own personal predilection, but, you know, thinking back to the X-Files TV series that was on many years ago, the episodes that I particularly enjoyed were the mythology episodes, which was the name in the fan community for the episodes that focused on the alien situation, what's actually really happening with aliens on Earth, and Fox Mulder and Dana Scully's efforts to investigate that, as opposed to the sort of Monster of the Week episodes where they would go find some random weirdo and have a typical FBI-like adventure, if you will. And not to knock those episodes, but they just never held as much interest for me as the bigger story. And so going into The Mandalorian, I have to say that, you know, I was one of the folks who was looking at Sanctuary and thinking to himself, well, this feels like one of those, you know, Monster of the Week filler episodes that the X-Files used to do and not as compelling. Well, on repeated viewing, I've actually changed my mind about that because ultimately this becomes an episode where we are setting up what is going to happen by the end of the season. We're putting pieces in place for the finale. And in this episode, we set up three particular things. A couple of them are conceptual and one of them is more tactical, if you will, to explain why things are going to go the way that they're going to go by the end of the season. But Obviously, we don't know that when we're just one through four in, but now having seen the whole thing and coming back to it, you can kind of see it a little more clearly. First of all, conceptually, the fact that the Mandalorian is not going to be safe wherever he goes. He is always going to get into some sort of trouble, right? It just seems to be his nature. He is drawn into situations where there are problems. There's just no help for it. And ultimately, or at least as far as we know, he only has one particular skill set, which is bounty hunting. Yeah, fighting, you know, okay, so you can add that to the list, basically, but it's really only going to translate to bounty hunting, and so at some point, he is going to have to go back to that, which means he is just not going to be able to keep his head down for very long, and it means that he is just going to keep getting into trouble. So the second thing, which is also conceptual and is more of a story arc-focused thing, is that People are still coming for Baby Yoda. They are still tracking him. They are trying to kill him. It happens again at the end of episode four. And so the Mandalorian realizes that he is not going to be able to keep Baby Yoda safe unless he gets on the run or, as we think further ahead, 
He does something to settle the matter once and for all. He thinks he's going to resolve it by leaving Baby Yoda behind, but that is not going to solve the problem. So ultimately, the episode is telling us already that he's going to have to confront the people who are trying to kill Baby Yoda. He's not going to be able to run forever. And the third thing, the more tactical piece, if you will, is the introduction to Cara Dune. So the fact that he meets her and has established a, you know, allied relationship with her, however tense that may be at times, that gives him somebody outside of the whole Bondsman's Guild, Empire, Mandalorian covert situation on whom he can rely. So later down the line, if he needs help, he's got someone to go to. So yeah, on its face, when you've only watched those first four episodes, it does kind of seem like it's a, you know, filler episode of the week situation. But in fact, it is delivering the building blocks to get us to the finale in a very satisfying way. Now, I do want to note the passage of time during this episode. When we see the Mandalorian flying in the Razor Crest in space with Baby Yoda, he talks about hiding out for, quote, a couple of months, unquote. So they're going to lay low for a while. And then toward the end of the episode, when the Marauders have been driven off and before the assassination attempt on Baby Yoda, there's a line from Cara Dune that suggests that they have been there at the village for a few weeks. So they've been put up by the villagers for a few weeks. And so we are at least a month and maybe more beyond the events of the end of season one, episode three, The Child. And the tracking fob thing I mentioned leads to an unanswered question, and there are a couple of them from this episode, and we will get to those in due course. I do want to take time to highlight the fact that the Mandalorian, you know, I don't know if it's just because he has no experience with kids, you know, <laughs> what the deal is, or if it's part of Mandalorian culture or some combination thereof, but even as a bounty hunter who just blew up his own life to rescue this child, you would think that he would act a little more like he had to take care of this thing at all costs. And yet he doesn't. He's going to leave the baby who has proven he cannot be trusted with anything in the ship, right? With all the flipping of the switches in the beginning of the show. He's going to leave the baby on the ship by itself, right? So that's number one. Number two, when the baby is like, nope, I'm coming with you, he starts striding ahead in a strange forest and, you know, hopefully he has some sort of indicator of, you know, life signs within the forest or something like that because he's striding off and there's no way Baby Yoda is going to be able to keep up with him, but he's not slowing his gait for Baby Yoda, right? And then when they get to the bar, he's letting Baby Yoda just wander by himself behind him. He has no eyes on him whatsoever. The poor thing walks right by a Tuka cat twice his size. It could have eaten him. It could have eaten him. And yet, what is the one moment where the Mandalorian takes an active interest in the safety of the kid? Well, there's actually two of them. One of them is when he goes to find out where Cara Dune went when she disappeared out of the bar. And he throws a couple of coins at the bartender and says, keep an eye on the kid, which does not happen <laughs> at all, right? So at least that is sort of expressed, like, hey, you keep an eye on him. But... 
the only time he actually starts to object to anything that Baby Yoda is about to do is when Omerta's kid takes Baby Yoda out to play. Like, they're going out to play with other kids, and he's like, wait a minute, and Omerta has to be like, no, it's okay, and he's like, no, wait, it's not, and she's like, it's okay, chill, right? Why is he having a problem with what is going to be the least dangerous situation of any that he's exposed the kid to over the past couple of days. But it is interesting that he thinks that he has done some kind of duty, that he has completed a duty to protect the child because he's willing to leave the child as if the villagers on Sorgan actually wanted the child to stay, which, you know, to their credit, they do. But I mean, he's just like, yeah, you know, we helped defend your village. Great. So here, I'm going to give you this kid and you can handle him for me. Thank you very much. I'll see y'all later. But cycling back to the duty thing, he seems to think that his job, his duty, was to get the kid to safety, and he believes that the kid is now safe. Again, this is before the assassination attempt, but that seems to have been his job. He feels like he shouldn't have turned the kid over to the Empire. He rescued him from the Empire. He got him to a place where he thinks that he will be safe and is now, you know, moving on, wants to be shut of the whole thing. But obviously that can't happen, and so duty kicks in again, and he takes the baby away. So we'll have to see how he views his duty over future episodes, and we'll talk about it more as we move along the season. Now, before I get to the unanswered questions thing, just one last bit before that, which is my daily reminder and request to you, if you have not yet done so, to please rate or review the show on iTunes, which really does help Star Wars 7x7 get raised up in the podcast SEO situation for people looking for a daily dose of Star Wars joy on iTunes. Thank you so much for doing it. If you've already done it, I really appreciate that. And if you haven't yet, I hope you will take a few minutes. It's not even a few minutes. I mean, it should take you just, what, uh, 30 seconds, if that, to give it a rating on iTunes. And maybe a couple minutes more if you want to write a sentence or two and actually, you know, give it a thought, like, you know, that's not that much to ask, I hope. <laughs> so thank you very much for considering it. Now, about those unanswered questions, the tracking fob, we'll go to that first. We have not yet had it explained how the tracking fob works. And, you know, I've been thinking about this in light of the fact that, you know, I had the email exchange recently with Daniel Wallace, who is the author of, among other things, and most recently, Star Wars The Lightsaber Collection. He talks about explaining the underpinnings of popular fictional universes. Well, this is something that would be right up his alley, is explaining how a tracking fob works. Because we don't know. How is it that this thing is able to lead this bounty hunter to Baby Yoda? It suggests that there is something about Baby Yoda that this thing is able to track. And if you don't want to limit it to Baby Yoda because you could make arguments about, oh, maybe it can sense the midichlorians or something like that. Well, you know, the tracking fob led the Mandalorian to the guy in episode one of the show. And the tracking fob was alerting everyone to the Mandalorian's presence in episode three, just to give you some examples. And of course, the Trandoshans in episode two and IG-11 in episode one also had tracking fobs, but that was for Baby Yoda. So, you know, throw that in there. How is it that these fobs are actually calibrated to track these people and how far of a range do they have so you know that's 
interesting stuff that I hope is revealed in a future episode. And the other thing that hasn't been answered is why Omerta is such a crack shot, right? So when they ask, when Kara and the Mandalorian ask if anybody knows how to shoot, she's the only one who kind of sheepishly goes, and then she, in the firing line, when the Mandalorian is teaching them and getting them to practice, is just going blam, 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 and knocking the heck out of a frying pan. How did she learn to shoot like that? We don't know. We have not found out. And it does make me wonder if there's an opportunity to find out more about her character and if we are going to find out more about her character in you know, future installments of the show or even future Mandalorian storytelling initiatives. Because as has been evidenced by season one already, they circle back on some things. And so it'll be interesting to see if they decide to circle back on that at some point in the future. And that is going to do it for our deeper dive into Sanctuary, which was episode four from season one of The Mandalorian. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7 by 7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7 by 7 We hope you love it.